Money FM 89.3. Best of your money. Money and me on your money. Only on Money FM 89.3. Are the cash flows of Bitcoin mining dropping to new lows? Is there still blood on the street, so to speak, with huge redemptions when it comes to ETF funds that track cryptocurrencies? We're going to take a look at the performance against markets and volatility analysis with VJ IRVP for Asia Pacific and Global Expansion at Luno Cryptocurrency in Focus this morning. Good morning, VJ. How are you? Good morning, how are you? Help us understand the best and worst performing cryptocurrencies in June, Vijay. Yeah, thanks, thanks, Michelle. Um, I think broadly, uh, we've seen Bitcoin kind of grind up a bit slowly after hitting like a, a low at 17K, right? And what that's ha- enabled, you know, some of these other altcoins is to kind of gain some traction. And this is what usually happens when Bitcoin either consolidates or kind of has some sort of sideways movements, you have some outperformance in some altcoins. So a lot of these altcoins, such as Storage or Helium, um, you know, have been up like more than 50%. In fact, Uniswap as well, uh, announcing a recent acquisition of Genie, which is an NFT marketplace that went up about 50%. You know, many others in the similarly in the DeFi space or even in the, you know, broadly in the metaverse space have also been up at least 50%. So um, I would say generally all coins have done quite well in the past two weeks compared to Bitcoin, mainly because Bitcoin has been kind of grinding up a bit slowly towards resistance. And if we take a step back, is the small cap index surging then because of this uh, sort of knock-on effect? Yeah, absolutely, right? Uh, a lot of the smaller altcoins, I mean, with lesser liquidity, kind of have these more volatile moves, if if, if you have to say so, right? So, yeah, um, you know, Bitcoin is not as volatile as these altcoins because the liquidity is much larger and you can't make these sort of uh, moves in Bitcoin. But the smaller altcoins, of course, they move a bit more drastically. Now, Bitcoin, if we focus on it, no stranger to long and painful drawdowns, say a report. Uh, through its 13-year history, there's been many boom and bust cycles. Uh, currently, we're looking at a 222-day long drawdown, 73% down. But that is uh, a far cry from a 407-day long fall back in November 2013, where we saw the price of Bitcoin fall 85%. Bitcoin, in perspective, 75% down from peaks. But how is its trading compared to to 2022 or five years ago. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, this is uh, most people who've been through these previous bear markets would, would identify a similar pattern here, right? So if you assume Bitcoin actually peaked last May and then you assume that last November was a bit of a bounce that we got, a lucky bounce almost, Bitcoin's been declining since uh, hitting all-time high last May, actually. So, you know, we're basically 12 months into this sideways slash bear market um, and it's down 75%. On average, if you look at past bear markets, we do at least a minimum of 80 to 85%. But that percentage has also been declining over the past, you know, three times we've seen this bear market. So you've seen 84% previously in 2017. Before that, it was like probably 89%, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, safe to assume, yeah, we're kind of reaching more the end of this cycle than not. And so, yeah, like 75% is, are we at the bottom? Anybody's guess. But 80% is fair to expect, if you ask me. And so let's see how that plays out, I guess. All right. So what are your price expectations for Bitcoin in the near term? The report says that you're expecting the bottom to occur sometime late Q4 this year. Yeah. um, Also, right, typically with these sort of drawdowns, you really cannot expect a V-shape 
up like recovery. These things take time to bottom and consolidate. Also, just in this environment, I mean, Bitcoin is in a very unique environment currently with the macro. Um, so also to be seen how it fares. But all things said and done, if Bitcoin does follow previous patterns, you could see a bottom in Q, between Q3 and Q4, which would give it enough time to kind of consolidate and form a bottom pattern. Uh, just price-wise, we're about 20, 20.5K 20, at this point. We went up to about 22K where we hit resistance. If you can't flip 22 to 23K on a high time frame, like we're probably looking at, you know, lower prices in the next couple of weeks. Again, like bottom call is anyone's guess really, but if you assume 80, 85%, we're looking at between, you know, 14 to 15K, right? But uh, Bitcoin never gives you what, what you ask of it usually. So yeah, people might be waiting for a price like that, but it might just take off from kind of a much higher price, if you ask me. Okay, so Bitcoin currently trading 20,637 US. US dollars, And you say if history is our guide and we look at the blueprint of the boom bust cycles across its 13 year history, uh, you're looking at a price bottom of 10,350? Yeah. Um, so again, like it depends on the percentage of drawdown. Uh, 10K, you know, 10.3K, some people expect, some people look at 12.5K as a, you know, good support level, others look at 14K. So, the, for most retail and for most of the listeners, if you're trying to time the bottom, that's a fool's errand, if you ask me, right? Um, it's going to be very hard. Best, you, these are really good prices between any anywhere between ten and twenty k, really, right? Um, and you have to have a longer term view with Bitcoin for sure. So, what are investors doing in the crypto space, looking at Bitcoin volatility? How are they hedging? Right. I mean, I think a lot of people are risk off, if you ask me, right? Um, I mean, you'll find it hard to find places to park your money at this point because most of these assets have been propped up with uh, quantitative easing over the past, I guess, 10 years almost, right? So cash is a position. um, And, um, you know, the other one that comes up is gold. uh, But gold has also been a bit flat. Bitcoin, the much touted kind of hedge against inflation has yet to kind of prove itself in that regard, but uh, hopefully does so in the next years as we as we can uh, hopefully see. But yeah, frankly, like if you ask me, I think cash is not bad to have in hand to kind of buy some of these dips, but people also need, you also need to have patience and not rush into these opportunities primarily. And I say that because these bear markets are, can be brutal. You'll have a lot of bear market bounces that seem like there's a bull market returning and for it to go back down, right? So you might get caught up in a lot of this. Are we seeing a lot of forced selling, BJ? We know the Canadian Bitcoin ETF purpose or its assets under management plunging 50% last Friday. But tale of two cities, right? We also saw ProShares Bitcoin strategy ETF seeing its strongest inflows since its launch last week. So when you look at the contrast, what do you read from these divergent stories? Right. And that's what makes a market, right, Michelle? It's, you know, some people, you know, some people are looking at this and saying, hey, wow, this, these are great prices and this is a great opportunity. Others probably are forced to kind of sell their positions because they need cash or, you know, to cover other kind of margin calls potentially. Right. So what I would just say is, um, yeah, I mean, uh, the, the Canadian ETF saw kind of uh, outflows. Maybe they're the investors there that have been invested for a while and need the cash. But ProShares is, I mean, obviously it's a, it's a big brand as well. So maybe there's a lot of interest in that regard. But yeah, like uh, what I would say is just that people have different views, different requirements for needing cash and they act on it. But broadly, yeah, I mean, broadly some people do view this as a good opportunity to kind of get in as well.
Okay, your report talks about Solana and asks if Solana decentralization is on display. I'm just wondering if we take a step back for the broader view, are, are you seeing and expecting consolidation when it comes to cryptocurrency companies behind some of these DeFi projects? What do you expect? Right. Um, broadly, yeah, consolidation is a, an important theme actually that's playing out in the current environment, uh, mainly because you're, you're separating the wheat from the shaft, right? I mean, the ones that really survive will survive, uh, and the ones that, you know, have been kind of trudging along with a lot of, I mean, cash and not actual revenues or cash flows will not. And so these, I mean, you're looking at so many M&A kind of plays and opportunities here that, you know, the likes of FTX looking at, you know, BlockFi, there were reports. It's also looking at Robinhood today. Just I just saw that today. So definitely you'll see the ones that, you know, with strong balance sheets and cash flow are able to take advantage of such opportunities. And the ones that have been not so prudent in uh, in, in the market last year will struggle. So I think it's also a great opportunity for consolidation. What does this mean for Singapore, do you think? I mean, recently we saw MAS awarding three more in-principle approvals for its digital payment token licenses. Singapore's crypto hub status has been questioned in the past. You know, there have been a lot of frustrations apparently over the process of obtaining a crypto license. Are we moving towards being slightly friendlier uh, to, in this whole sector? Yeah, I mean, I, to, to, if you ask me, the MAS, I mean, has always been friendly if you ask me it's just that they, they, the way they operate is they are very prudent they are very cautious they want to make sure that the city state is representative of real uh, technology and progress um, and they've been validated if you ask me right like look at what's happening around with luna and celsius and 3ac and all mm. of these things it shows that you know singapore is a bit more sensible in terms of regulation and wants to make sure it's done the right way compared to a lot of these other jurisdictions. So I think, honestly, if you ask me, Singapore will attract the best kind of companies and, and you see them giving out these licenses step by step and in a very sensible manner. So, yeah, happy that we're also here and we have our IPA at this point. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Vijay, thanks very much for joining us this morning. Thank you. Vijay IR is VP Asia Pacific and Global Expansion at Luno. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.